Making Laps Podcast. Try to call him, right? Yeah, he's in another call. Asshole. So he's been gone for two weeks, and he, I told him seven thirty, and it's now seven. He's already. It's exactly seven thirty. He's he already forgot us. about it. He's on to his next one. He's, on his, he's probably talking to another radio show. He's probably cheating on us already. I'm sad now. I want to slice my wrist. <laughs> Because you're listening to this song. He, he's, he's not dead yet, but he is to me. That's what this song is about. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the Making Labs podcast. I'm your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me again is my brother, Jesse Gleason. We are trying to reach Phil on uh, Messenger, but he is apparently too busy for us at the time that I told him to be on. So we will be trying him back in a few minutes. Okay. That's okay because the show is not live. Because if you were around for the live show, you'd already be walking down the street, right? Home, yeah. And I've already given up editing these things. Like the night I record them, because it's like, okay, I'm sick of listening to myself talk. <laughs> I had I do enough of that, and I have to live in my own head. So it's like, nope, I don't want to live there that much longer. Anyway, um, so yeah, while we wait for Phil to free up himself to grace us with his presence today. Um, I want to start off by saying, oh, hey, look at that. The prodigal son returns. Hello, Phil. Is Phil available? Phil, you're on the air. You are on the air, Phil. 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 Bueller. 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 Again, so all right. You should give me a chance. <laughs> the end. I'm still <laughs> no eye contact. <laughs> there will be no eye contact in this studio. <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I miss you. Don't make him. Phil, are you there? <laughs> Can't hear a thing. Uh, maybe we should hang up and try our call again later. <laughs> Boy, it's going really well today so far. <laughs> We're doing really well here. Well... Did you answer Phil? I did answer Phil. Where is he? I don't know. He's right here. What the hell? I can't hear him. <laughs> he has his call on mute again. Drawing again. Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> okay, we can hear it ringing. Well, I was trying to do it on my computer, but that didn't work. Oh. Okay, now we've got him. All right, third's... <laughs> he could probably hear us goofing on him. But he... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Third time's a charm, right? We're off to a good start. 
We actually started the show without you at 7.30 on the dot because it said you were in another call. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Going really well so far. <laughs> Jack Daniels was calling. Oh, that guy's an asshole. Anyway. He gets me through the, through the long, lonely nights. I was going to say something clever, but I kind of... <laughs> I for, I decided not to. <laughs> I let that one speak for itself. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How's Phil doing? Excellent. Warm and tired after a day of demolition work. Labor Day, and I had spent the whole day working. <laughs> well, it's not technically work if you're helping family, right? Where are you? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't Somebody pry this guy away from the... I fell. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry for the headphone uh, users. I was going to say, before Phil called, that uh, I uh, f- took a surprise trip up to Stafford and actually raced this Friday, or this past Friday night. Um, I know I'd been talking about, oh, you know, I'll get the car ready at some point, and I'll get up there at some point, and this and that, and... I've been putzing around trying to get the thing ready. Well, it got to the point where everything was in the car, and all I really had to do was button up a few things and basically shove it on a trailer. But I didn't have a trailer because mine's full of stuff, and we hadn't planned on racing so soon. So, I mean, it was kind of inoperable at that point. Uh, My truck was ready because I'd rebuilt the transmission twice. Uh, So I'm like, well, I don't really have the equipment ready. I don't have this. I don't have that. And I sent the idea to my brother, and he says, just come borrow mine. And I'm like, okay, he twisted my arm. So I spent the entire night thrashing. I mean, thrashing on this car. I probably went to bed at midnight, which isn't a total thrash, but I mean, that's pretty late for me when I go to bed at 10 o'clock at the latest. But I find I got the thing mostly done Thursday night. Friday morning, I spent buttoning up the last little items and getting the truck and trailer hitched up and bringing it back to my house and putting everything together and loading. I basically paid homage to my old short track roots, the beginnings of our team where I had to load up a truck with tools and air tank and tires and, and all these other things. I, I forgot like half of my stuff. I basically just showed up with no spares and basic hand tools, but we made it. Uh, we made it up to Stafford. I, I just wanted to say um, I've, never raced at a racetrack that was that kind and welcoming from the second I showed up at the gate. Uh, it like some racetracks I've raced at almost felt like an almost annoyed that I was there because they had so much to do on their plate or whatever. They just kind of second like treated official screaming at you. Yeah. Just people just being jerks, like for no good reason. I mean, we've all been through it. If we've raced at certain places, like you said, you you feel like, a second-class citizen half the time, but at Stafford... Or you're going to a carnival game at some run-down town fair. Yeah, The I carnies mean, with cigarette burns and heroin track marks are, you know, running the games and stuff. And people, like, yelling at each other, yeah. Um, but no, I, I showed up at Stafford. I walked up to the gate. I got the will call ticket because I bought mine online. They were super nice. They're like, I told them my name, and they're like, oh, here you go. Here's your ticket. No problem. No issues whatsoever. Drive my truck in. Ben Dodge is at the gate himself, checking people's temperatures, checking tickets, like he's doing work. 
and he's super nice as well. I drive in. I'm like, I have no idea where to pit. I don't want to take someone else's pit stall. So I was basically scouting pit stalls like on my way in through the main gate. And I'm like, I just want to pit somewhere where it's open because everybody's already here. <laughs> I thought the gates opened at three. No, they definitely opened them earlier than that because I showed up at three and everybody was already inside and there was no line. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you whatever. Were late. Well, I'm so used to Thompson. They, they they're, you know, at Thompson, they're like, okay, gates open at whatever time. That's it. That's what time it starts. Phil, you were going to say something? Yeah, it's like they they advertise that they open at three, but they usually open at like two forty five, two thirty. Well, that's cool. Get them in early. Let people set yeah. up early. That keeps the line down a lot. That's a that's a nice customer service trait. But again, Thank I got. You. I got in. I, like I said, I didn't want to park somewhere where people would normally park. I didn't want to take somebody's spot. It's just courtesy. So I, I scouted it out, and I parked somewhere way off in the boonies, like just where there was open space. And I obviously didn't block anybody because nobody parked next to me either. So um, got there. I was Luckily, I was really prepared. I had all the paperwork and stuff, and I went up to the uh, sign-in booth and... I uh, talked to officials that I, I recognized officials there. Like I know Kim from the sign-in booth and she helped me out with getting a number set up and I couldn't use the 01 because Johnny Walker had paid for it. So I'm like, okay, the champ can have his number. So I was like, I'll just get some duct tape, make it the 81, which is my brother's number. So I just used Yay. that. I used that for the night. Uh, then I walked down to the, I think I went and did my tire inventory, which I'd never done before, but that was pretty straightforward. I went to the tech shack and saw Julie, and she's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm racing tonight. <laughs> and like I said, it, the people were just super cool. I had my car teched. The tech officials were super cool. Tom Fox came out. He shook my hand, welcomed me to the racetrack, said, this show will be great with you in it, and you know, just lots of praise and lots of nice words from everybody who was there. And I'm just like so appreciative of that. Like I said, the tech staff, they, they gave me a little list of things to do and fix and stuff, but there was nothing that kept me from the racetrack. And the the actual division tech inspector eventually came over and checked out my car, and he was super cool as well. And um, I'll probably get into the race later, but I just wanted to just reiterate how nice it was to race somewhere that seemed to give a shit about people. Like it, it was just a genuinely nice experience. I didn't get the finish I wanted, but we were just there to shake the car down anyway and just screw around. So, I mean, it was just a super, just a nice, it was a lovely evening. I'll just put it that way. Now I know Phil's raced at Stafford before. I don't know what your, what was your basic opinion of racing there as opposed to some other places? Basically everything you just said and more like, when I raced at Stafford back in 2017, I'd been there a bunch, but I never raced there, and I didn't know really what to expect. And uh, when I showed up, Tom Fox came over, shook my hand, welcomed me. Um, ben Dodge welcomed me. Like I felt like I was appreciated to be there. I wasn't just another number. I was contributing to what they were trying to do. And they make you feel like you're important to them. And that's the most important thing to me as a racer when I go to race somewhere and that's, I mean, obviously I'm down in Florida now, but when I started building that new car, that's why I decided, okay, Stafford's where I'm going to go. That is exactly the reason that, that right there, the way they treated me. Yeah. That's, I mean, I've been, I've been to racetracks where like, like I said, you just don't feel like, you're appreciated by anybody at all it's just like you're just kind of there and 
they're there to control you, you know, make sure you're on the racetrack at a certain time and you're there to get ready. And it's just, it feels like your cattle more than you're appreciated. So anyway, I should probably do, since I've been talking about Stafford the whole time, I'll go a little out of order and I'll talk about Stafford first, unless Jesse has anything to, I know his experience at Stafford was a little different than ours, but that was a little short. I had an hour and a half ride there and I wish I had, Worked overtime all these years up to my current age and have bought a helicopter because traffic on Labor Day weekend sucks. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. No, I mean, you've raced there before, away. and your experience was much different for uh, for numerous different and very well, strange reasons. But, I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, they were very, they were also, you know, very welcoming and things of that nature. But when we went there, it was different when... When we were there, they were first trying out this whole street stock type of... Uh, a little limited late model. It's what it turned into. That's what it turned into was the, yeah, the yeah. diet late model division. They were testing the concept. And, uh, yeah, so they had all of us. Thompson Strictly's down there. It was like 06 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so or we had... four oh six. I don't even remember Yeah, something like that. And it was... And so they invited all the Thompson guys down there. And we came up there pretty much in droves. You know, there was Larry, Boss, Cook... Uh, Scott, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know uh, Kevin Mason, um, and uh, it's just uh, I can't remember name, all. just name names. Yeah, over there. you know the the <laughs> Santas, just everybody. Was Ernie there too? I don't know if Ernie all was there, but yeah. they were they were all everybody was there who was in the division. Yeah, and we all did good, and you know, uh, and usually I treated it like. Because it was more of an exhibition race, I treated it like Icebreaker Weekend because they didn't tell us the rules of how we were going to start, how we were going to line up and everything. And so I treated it like the Icebreaker where I drove my ass off in the heat race trying to get a good starting spot for the feature. Um, you know, because the higher up you finish in a heat race, I figured I'd start that way in a feature. Where'd you finish? Like second? In I the was heat? like second or third in the heat. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, kick ass. I'm going to start really well. Yeah. You know? For the feature, well, somebody said they yeah they they came over they came over and um, and uh, they said that the uh, that they were going to invert the top ten uh, from the heats and so all my hard work and everything um, I had put to do it all back. I put me in the back on the outside in the back and I had to do it all over again running outside where you know as you, you know in really Stafford. Run. <laughs> it's the you have to run the gopher groove, you know, right on the bottom, and so my dad, as he, when he he got into his older age, especially then he, if something pissed him off, he was gonna let you know about it. He he was in a fit, and I went to my car and I went to go grab something out of my car because I'm like I don't want to see here this fallout. I don't want it. I don't want nothing to do with Probably it. I went for a smoke break. I went yeah I went for a smoke break back then. I used to smoke. Um, so I went there and I didn't even tried to calm them down. I said, I'll just let security deal with it because <laughs> they got enough guys. And so he went over to Marco Root and he ran him up one side and down the other and blah, 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 about how he disagreed with the starting procedure and everything else like that. And uh, Mark wasn't happy either. Mark wasn't too <laughs> pleased about it either. Uh, somehow, I don't know how, but maybe I did some apologizing and. We were able to start the race, and I ended up finishing like fifth or sixth. Or I think something you finished like fifth that night. That you know, yeah. which wasn't that bad 
considering the caliber those guys were there. Those that was the street stock all stars that ran there. And um, so Monday morning, I got a phone call. I was, I was heading to the bank, and I had to sit in the bank for forty five minutes on Monday morning, talking to <laughs> Mark Arute and trying to calm, talk him off the ledge because he was just trying to figure out what the hell happened. Just doing why my father? Control. Why my father just? lit him up so bad <laughs> just because my father did yeah. damage i mean he's he went he <laughs> just i can only imagine what he said he just did damage so we ended up talking it out and i ended up apologizing for a good 45 minutes and just trying to keep him cool because i'm like man i don't know i mean they were gracious enough to have me there and who knows i may want to come to this dump again and <laughs> see you know <laughs> You know, I may need this place later on in life. So, you know, I don't want to burn any bridges or anything. Yeah. I want to be cool about it all, you know? So, so yeah. It was, so it was a little different my first experience, but, I mean, I still loved the track. I hated, you know, being a bottom feeder. That didn't really turn me on, but yeah, other than that, it, it was fine. Yeah. So, it, yeah. It's really not a bottom feeder track anymore, though. You can make the outside work. I did make one yeah. pass on the outside. I think it was in my heat race on Friday. Um, yeah. But other than that, it was really kind of, I can roll in, but when I got to the throttle, I had no power because my carb wasn't so great. But um, we'll talk about that when we get to – I'll talk about my personal race this past Friday when we get to Stafford, which I'm actually going to do right now. I know Thompson raced before Stafford did, but I'm going to stick with Stafford because we're on topic. I mean – no, no disrespect. Is the Thompson race really noteworthy unless the, the no, wheels no, were? No, no disrespect. I'm just saying we're, we're on topic. I'll just stick with it. Okay. So I'll give you the rundown of what happened that night since we were there and I watched it on pay-per-view. So, Phil, did you watch it? Yes, I did. Oh, cool. It's actually the first time I've, I've watched it since I've been down here. Uh, and I probably will... At least for the big shows moving forward, it was a pretty good production. I was I was impressed. Yeah, they do a very good job with their video production. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna save the race. I have the ability to save the save the races. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. It, at least they didn't catch me pounding the wall coming out of four. Yeah, I can so I can download those races now. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. so limited late models. Andrew Durand picked up his like fourth win of the year or something. Um, that's all I got on that race. Um, Yay. Street Stocks, which is the race I ran. Chris Meyer went two for two in the last two weeks. Oh, that's kind of a weird statement, right? Okay, so Chris Meyer won the last two races. There, how's that? Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess he's on a tear. Um, Frank Latoile Jr., I got to give him a shout out. Um, he's a two time division champ in that division. It used to be the Dare Stocks, and now it's the Street Stocks. He came back. He's running the, I think it's Bill Stave's car, the number eight. Um, He's been, I, I believe that's actually his old car. It, I, yeah, it is his old car, but I think somebody else owns it, but now Frank yeah. drives it again or something? <laughs> I don't know. Um, somebody used to did, did something like that, too, once at Thompson, I think. Yeah, yeah some guy named stock. Phil did that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sold a car yeah, and then ended up driving it. it. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, this guy, like Frank Latoile, this kid's a real nice kid. I don't know if anybody's like talked to this guy a lot. He kind of flies under the radar. He won a lot of races at, at uh, Stafford in this division. He's won two, I'm pretty sure, two street stock titles. Um, he he pressured the hell out of Meyer for the win, right? Like, he was just kind of bumping him in the bumper, you know, getting him in the corner. But he wasn't moving him out of the way. He wasn't knocking him sideways. He was pressuring him. 
You know, there's a difference between moving a guy out of the way or knocking somebody around and giving them pressure. And Frank was just pressuring him, trying to make get him to make a mistake. Um, but he pressured him for good 10 solid laps, and Chris would not give it up. And Frank gave him one last little bump in turn four, but not enough to move him out of the way and just pressured him a little bit more. But it was a good, strong, professional, um, just decent battle for the win. And guess what? Somebody didn't, you know, Go just move somebody out of the way for the win. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Shocker. I know. It's weird, huh? It's shocking. It's shocking. Frank, level Frank's probably one of my favorite people I've ever raced against. He's clean. He's smooth. He's consistent. And he has a lot of respect. Yeah, he does. He's very professional. He didn't make any enemies. No. Um, like I said, you don't go there to you don't go there to make friends, but you also don't go to make enemies. Question for the panel. Right. Go for it. Why did Chris Myers start in the top, within the top five? After he won the, the race week before. before, I thought if you won, you didn't finish or you didn't start within the top five. Oh. But I've, I've I've heard that all the time, but I've never seen it. Like they certainly had their own, you know, enough cars there. I don't know. I, that's not really a question for us to, you know, really put our opinions in on. That's kind of something we do have to ask the um, officials and handicappers on. But I mean, that's just. I'd have to. I'd, I'd really want to. I really kind of go and look back through the rule book for handicapping and see how it actually works. So they make it. I want to just make sure. Let's not hide that. <laughs> I just want to go make sure I'm right if if I'm going to spout something about it, you know. But whatever. Um, I know that if I'd won a race, I would definitely want to start fourth the next race. <laughs> Trust yeah. me, I love it. I'd be like, sweet. Uh, There's anyway. something in the rule book that says no previous winner should finish or should start in this specific section of the field, but I don't know what the actual rule is, but they're at least they're consistent with not following their own rule because they did it a lot last year as well. Well, I mean, it, it, whatever. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not too well read on it. I'd have to check on it, but I'm not going to spout an opinion without knowing it fully. I know I should have looked into it before this, but eh, you know, I won't go. It ain't going to affect me. So I'm not afraid to say something. I, I, I'm not really worried about it either. Like I said, if it was me, I'd love it. Um, as for me, um, I finished 11th. I think there was like 26 cars there and two didn't start or something like that. So I think 24 took the green. Uh, we high qualified out of the heat race after starting. Well, we were supposed to start towards the back. Uh, some guys didn't want to start on the outside. So I picked off a couple spots on the initial start <laughs> just by diving to the outside. And, uh, that got me a high qualify. So that was a good goal to meet. So I made that one. And they only have five-lap heats, so it's not like you can really make up a lot of room. I need to admit a few faults of my own, though. <laughs> and this is hard for me to do. Anybody would hit their ego pretty badly. But I, I really did throw this car together very, very quickly when I really shouldn't have. I mean, I the, the scheduling worked out where it was... Labor Day weekend, I usually get Sunday-Mondays off at the post office. But if you have a Monday day off and it's a holiday, they'll give you the Saturday off before that because then it'll count as your day off. So you get a three-day weekend. I'm like, okay, sweet. So I'm like, well, the car's almost ready. Why don't I take Friday off and see if I can go race or at least try to get the car ready to go race? So it worked out that way, and I, I got there. And it just kind of, like I said, scheduling just worked out. Uh, again, we paid homage to our beginnings and loaded up a, a truck in a borrowed open trailer and got there. But this is what I'm going to admit. I threw the car together so quickly that I didn't realize that I'd not 
put a gasket underneath the carburetor, in between the carburetor and the spacer plate. A sphincter says what? A spacer plate. (laughs) Phil just sent us the handicapping rule. I will get to that in just a minute. Uh, unless Phil does after I'm done talking. Um, oh, I guess I'm right. But anyway, uh, I, I'd noticed in practice, I'm like, Jess, this thing feels like it's got a vacuum leak. So it just, and then we go out for the heat race, right? Is that what we did? Or well, was it? No, it was, yeah, it was after the heat race. I think I'm like, it's got a vacuum leak. Right. So, so Jesse goes, grabs the carb cleaner. At least I brought that. He goes and he's like, sp- just sprays down the spacer plate. And it's like, there, it, it, the engine note changed the entire way around the carburetor you know it was pretty easy to find yeah it was right over so i looked at it i'm like i guarantee you i forgot to put a gasket on there because i swapped spacer plates because i had that carburetor on a different spacer plate um (laughs) so i put (laughs) so i put that on jesse goes to the parts truck he gets another gasket we throw it on the car sounds better I go out for the feature, it still feels like it has a vacuum leak. I'm like, God, what is wrong with this thing now? I literally <laughs> I literally built this carburetor out of parts I found in Jesse's like storage uh closet thing that in his shop. Mm-hmm. I found a body, like a carburetor body. It was an old VDL. It didn't have a bowl, it didn't have a metering block in it. I found a metering block in a box that my dad had with nothing in it. It had no idle screws, no nothing. I'm like, whatever. I found a bowl with a float in it. I'm like, okay, I can just put all new parts into this thing with new, you know, needle and seat, new accelerator pump and new, you know, gaskets and all this other stuff, whatever. So I threw this carburetor together out of absolute nothing. And I didn't realize that I should have checked the bolts that hold the throttle plate to the main body of the carburetor because apparently they were loose. What a dummy. No! Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I didn't know that at the track, but I got it home. I pulled the carburetor off. I checked all the bolts. They're all freaking loose. I'm like, ah, oh. you know, it's just one of those things. It's just when you rush, you just run into other problems that are just bite you in the ass. But whatever. I, I might have found it. I might have figured it out. The car runs a hell of a lot better now, whatever. In the race, um, we tried some setup stuff. The car was pretty good driving off the corner, but you know, with no power, it didn't really drive that great. Um, but we had some brake trouble at the end because the car didn't handle so great. And on entry, it was a little too loose. Uh, I probably had too much rear weight in the car. It didn't have much lateral grip, but it wasn't terrible. Again, we were a top ten car, but I kind of made a mistake not paying attention, trying to gather data off of my gauge panel. <laughs> And I did it in the wrong spot on the track, and I was doing it coming out of turn four instead of on the straightaway. And I ran straight into the wall and smashed the right front up. So, <laughs> so now I've got to fix that. Yeah, I was an idiot. So Brandon Michael is behind me, and he's like watching me be a complete idiot wandering all over the racetrack and shit. And I'm just like, you know what? Just go by me, dude. I'm kind of looking to figure out what's wrong with this thing. <laughs> so that was my experience. Really? So anyway, 
You mean Brandon Michael didn't run you over like a, a certain uh, friend of ours would like to uh, make everybody believe he does every week? Nah, he never touched me, dude. I'm, <laughs> I mean, he's he's racing behind me. Like I said, he must have thought I was drunk or something because I'm just like wandering down the, the racetrack. My neck is so out of shape. I have to like open my visor and hold my helmet going through the corners because I'm like, I need to work my neck out. <laughs> So I'm driving That's one. My biggest fear getting into a car again is I haven't driven since 2018, and I'm gonna fall out of the damn seat. So I'm driving like one-handed and I'm wandering all over the place because I never do that. And I'm looking at my gauges and moving my arms out of the way so I can see all of them. And I just crash straight into the freaking wall. It's like, who the hell is this clown? <laughs> <laughs> God, I was. Yeah, pretty much. I was terrible. Anyway, I had a great time. So after that, Jesse and I, you know, we load the car up. We go out and we're like, all right, why don't we go watch some racing for a little bit, see what's going on. So we catch the SK race. <laughs> the 24 hours of modifieds? Y- yes. Um, I'll actually give everybody an idea of how long that race actually was. So Keith Rocco won it. It was a super long race, okay? I think we were up there until about lap 14-ish. We, I was like, okay, 830 is my cutoff. Screw it. I don't want to be out here all night when I have to unload an open trailer. So, you know, and we got beers, so let's go drink beers. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't want to sit here and drink beers and then have traffic happen because it's an, for both of us, it's literally an hour ride home. So I'm like, and it's all on back roads and it's the roads with the most hills in the state of Connecticut. I swear to God, my brakes are non-existent anymore. I swear to God, my trailer and truck are just toast. Um, yeah, so we decided to go home and drink beer instead. Right. We're like, let's go unload the trailer while we're not tired. Yeah. And we'll just drink beers there instead in a controlled environment. Fine. That's good. So we take off. Very responsible. We walk out of the grandstands because they're fixing the fence in turn three because somebody crashed. I don't remember who, but might have been Todd Owen. Um, he didn't have a good night. But Yeah, that was the Owen crash where they had to replace like 50 feet of the wall. Yeah, that's that's probably when we left because we walked out. We hit the bathroom, I think. Walked over to the trailer, backed the trailer out. I got Jesse in the truck. I drove out, drove down to his car, dropped him off. He gets in his car, follows me out of the track, and we drive about 45 minutes home. Stop for another pee break because we're doing nothing but guzzling Gatorades and waters because it was hot that day. So we couldn't even make it 45 minutes without taking a piss break. So then we get all the way to literally the intersection where I'm turning left. I'm like one mile from home and Phil texts me and says that was the longest SK race ever. Literally. This is fucking time, sweetheart. This is literally over an hour after we left. And that was at like lap 14 of 40. (laughs) I'm like, holy crap. That race just ended. So we get home. I back the trailer in, we open the garage up, and I start Chromecasting the race off my laptop onto my uh, shop TV, and we watch the rest of the races while unloading the trailer and drinking beers. So we didn't. Re- what's funny is we didn't miss any of the damn races. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like either that we're giving any crap to Stafford. Oh God, no! I, it's the it's the racer's fault. Well. Uh, it's not race control. Major props for taking the time to fix the wall correctly. You can't have a bad wall there. Multiple other cars hit that exact spot later in the night. That wall was shredded. And if that had gone the wrong way, it could have gone right through a car. 
Yeah, I. you know what? That's a great point. That is a very good point. That is a, a safety issue that Stafford rectified immediately on site. And you know what? Sometimes they have bad nights. Sometimes it's a full moon. Sometimes the racers just unplug their brains for that evening. Oh, uh, that was one of those nights. You know what? I'm glad that we went like first and our race went green to checkered. We set the example. We set the bar high and nobody followed it. (laughs) We tried. Props to Joe Ham and and the whole Stafford crew for getting that wall fixed. I mean, it took an hour, but it was done right. It was done safely and it was done in the interest of the competitors. And that's what you really want. Yeah. You you can't half-ass something like that. You really can't. Yeah. So, I gotta get Jesus Christ, how far into this thing are we? <laughs> Holy crap, thirty five minutes. Take our first commercial break. No, no. It's uh, okay, so SK Lights. Derek Deb has picked up his fourth win. I guess that was just another messy race. And Alexander Pearl, who was the point leader, got wrecked again, but this time like on the last lap. Oh god. He's had a rough couple of weeks. He had a seventy two point lead, gets wrecked twice, it's now eleven points. And he's four thousand yeah. dollars poorer. Yeah, probably about was, four or five thousand dollars poorer from putting clips on the car. <laughs> yeah, I saw a picture on Instagram this morning. Jeff Pearl posted that they're uh, sending the car out to get a clip. Is that the Troyer or is that a Spaff? What kind of car is that? Which I'm one? not entirely sure. I didn't honestly. see which one because he's got two, so I don't know which one he's driving. But it's a know. wreck. It's wrecked, is what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it could sucks. be anything you want when you put the right clip on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the late model 50 closed out the night. I hope I didn't forget anybody, right? <laughs> anyway, Tyler Leary picked up his uh, first win this year. Uh, Adam Gray got into a wreck, if anybody watched that. So you see, he feels like Tom Fern was the cause. Adam got out of his car and basically walked into traffic to confront Fern, who was still driving his car. Uh, not a great idea at all. We've seen how that ha- uh, or how that turns out. Um, so if you're, I know, I understand people are pissed off, especially racers. You get real hot headed. Um, it's easy to see it when it happens and see it like from your own perspective, but wait a minute to be angry, you know, wait until you see a replay to really verify your anger before you start walking out onto a live racetrack. Yeah. Especially in a, yeah. a dark part of the track. And don't listen to your spotter. Your spotter's not a driver. He's not supposed to be a driver. Okay, spotters are like bad girlfriends that get their drivers beat up and like fights those, in the pits. They're like those angry Puerto Rican yeah, girlfriends just, that poke you and they're like, go fight him, go yeah, fight him. I'll you cut know. this bitch, man. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, yeah. I like Adam Gray a lot. He's a good dude. He's an awesome driver. Oh, yeah. But he, he made a bad choice doing that, and that set a really bad example. And Michael Bennett, another good Good dude, good driver, good friend. He posted on Facebook, and it made a lot of sense what he said. You can't do that because there's one simple reason. If you're walking through traffic and other cars are going by, you don't know that another car is not going to have a part break, especially because he wailed Mike Bennett's car hard in the, in the right side door. Can I bring up I don't a, know, can I bring up one point? Something broke, Go but he, he hit Mike's car and he doesn't know if the tie rod's going to fall apart just as he's happening to walk by and just gets taken out. Look at you one, can't do that stuff. Look at Juan Pablo Montoya with the jet dryer. He's just kind of cruising along on the apron. The damn car shreds underneath him, and he crashes into a damn jet dryer. Oh, that was a mess. Yeah. 
That's a part failure. That happens. It's 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 in public view that it happens. Like like I said, I've had plenty of instances where I've seen Jesse get wrecked, and as a crew member, I'm incredibly pissed off and ready to say something stupid or do something stupid. But I've learned over time, it's like, look, why don't I figure out the exact facts of what happened? Like, Jesse got put into the wall head-on at turn one in Thompson once, and somebody walked up to me and told me their view of what happened, and I was pissed. But I walked over, asked the person who was involved what happened, and they said, I don't know, Jesse cut a tire. And I walked over to Jesse, and he says, yeah, I cut a tire. And so it wasn't that person's fault after all. You know what I mean? So it's worth it to figure it out first. That was before the butthole you... incident. Oh, where you broke your butthole? That was when I broke Well, you didn't my break butthole. it. I think you ripped it off, right? I tore myself a new one. Yeah. <laughs> if you hit hard enough, your ass will create friction across the seat. Even in a like one mm. inch of space, mm. it'll move so fast it might actually like no, it's, friction it's, your butthole. No, that's not what happened. Is that not what happened? No, that's not what happened. I'm not a doctor. My as over years have gone by, I've been built for comfort, not speed, and the lap belts don't exactly f- f- uh, <laughs> are flush underneath my uh, pecs. Yeah, Abs? underneath this uh, keg pack. Oh, okay. Of a gut. Okay, so they don't <laughs> go under my gut too much. They kind of go above it. That's not really where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be down where the the belt's supposed to go over your bladder. Okay, so when it pushes onto my stomach, if the if the seat belts are too high like that, and you hit the wall head on like that, it tries to push your intestines out of its own ass. Oh, is okay. What happened. So it's like my colon almost exploded, like you squished a grape or something. I thought your ass just created a lot of friction, and it just like kind of like no, tried to wipe your ass off. Literally fell out. Oh, it blew it out. Yes. See, we're not I doctors here. Just I couldn't gotta, yeah. move for five minutes. <laughs> if the car was on fire, I would have burned to death because my asshole hurt it's that like, bad. Ow. <laughs> I know that's a lot of TMI for everybody, but. It happens. That's folks. what happens we, we, when you hit the wall head on and you're a little fat and you don't have the seatbelts in the right place. Your guts will move and shit is busy down there. Well, I'm gonna give I'm gonna get back on topic and say Ryan Fern put in a real solid effort to try to win that race but came up just short. He was the defending winner of that late model fifty event. And I do have breaking news for Stafford as we close out the Stafford segment. Posted on Facebook right before we went online, Bert Meyer will be running the TC-13 in a modified this Friday night in a Keith Rocco car. That is to, that is this week, right? The TC-13? I, think I believe so. But he said he announced that he will be in a Keith Rocco racing car this Friday night at Stafford. So tune in and watch at StaffordSpeedway.tv. It would have been funnier if it was on the 13th. It's not Friday the 13th? No, it would be Friday the 11th. Oh, that's right. So Shit. close. So almost. Had so anyway, it. Phil did send me a text. i got to finish this out. He says, <laughs> "That's me getting into the car." Oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, I gotta finish. I'll I'll finish out Stafford with this instead. Yeah, he sent me the rule for handicapping. It says current season street stock feature winners will not be posted to start higher than fifth position in any feature event. When there are ties in handicapped order, drivers will be placed according to their wins. The driver with more wins starting behind the driver with fewer. So Frank just posted that he protested now after he read the rules. And now that uh, Chris Meyer has been docked two spots, and now he's the winner. Yay! No, he's not. Again, if I was Chris, I wouldn't say a damn thing either. (laughs) 
You know what? Honestly, I, I don't think job. it really would have mattered. I think Chris is fast enough. No, nah, it really spot, doesn't matter. Spots, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Nah, it doesn't matter. If, if, if Chris started sixth, he probably still would have won. I mean, yeah, whatever. instantly competitive. Right. So, anyway. I do like that rule. I I do wish they would follow it more closely because, like I said last year, they had the points leader and previous winners starting on the pole in the front row half the freaking season. But it is what it is. Yeah. So why don't you we know, move? You're there to race. If your car is fast, you'll get to the front no matter what. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at Zach Robinson. The guy started dead last. He finished like fourth. So him and Meg both, and Meg again had no power steering. Meg started like right in front of me, or right next, or right next to me, or something. Yeah, I didn't go nowhere. She they better did, get so. it. They better get their refund. You know, get a warranty on that. Get freaking Jimmy or wh- whoever to go and freaking raid the LFR like parts bin, man. Go grab some shit. <laughs> God. All right, so why don't we move into Thompson results. Now, Thompson was supposed to run on Wednesday night, but they had a rain out the first damn time they tried to race, and they moved it to Thursday night. So, yeah, obviously people are online complaining and whining and bitching. You got no car counts. And these are the same people that said, oh, well, we're not going to race because they dropped the purses, but then they don't go back and look and figure out that they didn't actually because they came back and and redid the purses and they're back up again. So what's your excuse? Uh, I have a I have an opinion on that. Go ahead. Um, th- you know something? It doesn't matter that there's. It's not new ownership. It doesn't matter that there's a new uh, management in charge. It doesn't matter that even the management is turning the corner and doing the things right. Yep. Up in the purses, uh, whatever, doing things, uh, being as transparent as possible, which they have done. Um, the hurt is still there. And that's the problem is that the first round or two of betrayals uh, with the purses dropping, uh, no more races ever happening ever again, COVID or not COVID, it's been happening for a couple of years. The races have been going down and down and down where we get passed by for the road road course and no one seems to give a shit. And so you have a couple of years of that, the hurt is going to still be there no matter what you do. That makes sense. Yeah, I said that exact thing almost to someone the other day. They asked me why Thompson had basically 13 cars in the pit area. I know that wasn't the actual car count, but that's what it seemed like. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you treat people like shit long enough, they're eventually not going to come back. Jonathan Hainig, I am talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's. I can't say it any better than that, but... Anyway, um, yeah, they did have a rain out, so it's maybe it's not people... too late to turn the tribe to tide either, no, Jonathan. You're... Yeah, you're right. We well, got you gotta good... actually want the oval to uh, care about it. Yeah. Well, the road course, no one cares about the road course either. So what are you gonna do? There's only you can only have so many golf courses. They're gonna go into Palmer anyway. Um, yeah. They don't want to rip the spoiler off their. You want to rip the track down and build golf courses? Guess what? Not everybody plays golf all the time either. You sure. have so many. Uh, hey, anyway. Stafford just put in a driving range. Be careful. Right. Yeah, but it's not open on uh, race nights, and it's not a great it's day. a great way to diversify the property. Hey, you it, want it? Really is, and diversification of all the racing properties is the key to the future. But you can't bite the hand that feeds you. Right. Because we kept that place open for decades. Anyway, um, Thompson, that that is. Uh, so anyway, if you can look at a few key factors for them to have not, you know, the biggest car counts, a relatively quick turnaround with the new management and 
some rule changes, lack of awareness by the competitors for the change back to the regular purse structure, which is a main topic of discussion that I read, et cetera, et cetera. We could go on forever about this, but let's be honest. With these two new guys in place, if they get races, it's going to be run really well. So, folks, just look back into it, all right? Anyway, late Absolutely. model. I'll go run through some quick uh, results and car counts for people. Oh, never to mind the nepotism part either. Sorry. I want to just jam that in there because we're not fucking stupid. Yeah, we're not. So if you want only want a certain amount of people to win, then the, only that certain amount of people will race. They can have the track to themselves. Fuck you, I ain't a fill filler. Anyway. Okay. Limited, <laughs> or limited, late models. Goodbye. Late models. Woody Pitcat picked up the win. They had the highest car count of 14. That should tell you something. Limited sportsmen, which are street stocks for every other track in the world. Uh, Ryan Waterman picked up the win. There was 10 cars in that, which is very surprising because usually a sportsman in mini stocks can absolutely destroy car counts around here. Uh, What's even more surprising is the mini stocks. Jared Roy picked up the win, but they only had six cars from what I could count, which sucks. Uh, SK Lights, Josh Carey picked up a win. Uh, Unfortunately, they had like four to five cars. Four to five. Uh, SKs, I think they only had four. Uh, Keith Rocco picked up that win. However... Whalen Modified Tour was there, and I watched that race on NBC Sports Gold Track Pass, and I was highly entertained by that. It was a good show. They didn't have any sort of car count issues. I as well. Uh, it was very entertaining at the end until Ryan Priest ran out of gas, and I was absolutely freaking heartbroken oh, for him. Yeah, that happened to uh, Charlie Pastriak at the 300 years ago. Oh, man, his um, crew chief almost my hung father, himself. Yeah, my father... Uh, Potter and I and uh, Bob Potter and I, we were under the bleachers watching that race. I remember it. Yeah, I was oh, there with you guys. God. There's nothing more crushing than that. Yeah, Charlie was running away with he it, and he running. was he was not the big front runner, you know, the whole time. But when he was out front, he was unstoppable. He was running away with the 300. Oh, so gutting. It just yeah, shades so, of that. So, but you got to feel for the man. Yeah, Ronnie Silk was fast all night, and he capitalized on. That misfortune, he picked up the win in the Stewart Automotive car. Congrats, Kenny and family, by the way. So, I'll keep going with the local stuff because we are really going long today. But Oh, my God. I still have two pages of notes. <laughs> anyway. Real quick, though, yeah, before you move on, I do want to say, uh, because we did shit on Thompson a little bit to start this, uh, moving forward... I expect this place to keep increasing in car counts. Every account that I heard from the show on Thursday night was positive. You know, I didn't I, hear a single negative thing about anything that happened there. I did gloss over that. I wanted to ask people if you know what anybody listening to this shoot me a message. I want to know how the officiating was, who the staff was, who ran race control. Who's the tech official? I want to know who's there because then we can spread the word and maybe we can get a little bit more interest to uh, racers who have those types of concerns. Because obviously, Scott Tapley was back in the race director's role. You know, when I raced at Stafford, that was a real welcoming um, voice over the radio, I'll be honest, because I'm like, I don't know if I've ever raced at a track where I've had a better race uh, director. Like, Barton. Yeah. Basically, all he was on the radio at Stafford was basically just telling people to use their head and not be an idiot. 
You know what I mean? And if he has to make a call, he's forced into it by them. So, I mean, what else do you expect? I mean, if I want to give, listen, I, if I want to give the 55 a little love tap, stop yelling at me. Let me be an asshole first. Let me drive the car. I'm a driver. You're a spotter. Sit up there and spot. Fair enough. Shut the fuck up. I love you too, Scott. There's, he's like, yeah, I, I appreciate it as well. Still right. better than Chris Williams. God help us all. So, yeah, again, shoot us a message. Let us know who the staff was. And that'll actually, that might um, influence my decision as to whether or not I, I race the World Series or not. It, so, Here's my take. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn because I still I still got nepotism to worry about, so I just don't give a shit. And that shit runs from the top, and I ain't going to mention it right now. Hey, Stafford's got nepotism too, but at least they give a shit about the oval track. I don't want track. that. And you don't want that. <laughs> they give a shit about the oval track, let's be fair, because that's all they got. All right, we're running long here, so let's go to the Waterford results. All right, I know that I've been posting or actually mentioning the car counts at Waterford, and I'm not doing it to be negative. Okay. I'm not doing it that way. You know, I, I know people are like, why are you mentioning the car counts? Why are you doing that? No, I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm doing it so that you can keep track and watch the progression because every single division this week increased car count. And I'll go through it right now. Okay, so Waterford results, mini stocks, Mark Panaroni. I think he's two for two this year on starts. He won the mini stock race. I need to give a shout out to Chris Garside. He finished third coming off the couch. I don't even remember the last time the guys even raced a car. Like he used to run minis. He used to run X cars. He used to run late models. And he ran one of uh, Doug Curry's backup cars. I think he only got one backup car, but it was the 46 car. And he finished third. So I think he beat Dougie, honestly. So so where did Doug finish? I think in the top five somewhere. So does that mean that he's in a drought now? Probably, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Doug had a rough night from what I was told. I, I think he Doug lost a right there. front and had to pit or something and come back. Yeah. Yeah. So he got this in the heat, all kinds of issues. I got to give the mini stocks a little bit of uh, a heads up here. This week or this upcoming week is the John the can I say first annual? <laughs> it's the inaugural first annual john curry memorial 46 that's dougie's dad and uh it's a cool event that waterford's gonna put on for him uh dougie um i'm just gonna put this out there i know you listen to the damn show when's my turn coming i know i shit on the mini stocks a lot but make me put my money where my mouth is and let me drive that backup you got there do Um, it (laughs) no balls no um, when's my turn, Dougie? All right, by the way, they had 16 cars, which is up from last week. I didn't remember how many they did last week because I lost my notes. Stout field, too. 16's not bad. We're getting there. Um, yeah. It's a great track for mini stocks, by the way. Um, yes. So open street stocks, which they should just call the Seekonk stocks. Uh, <laughs> Joe Kohler picked up the win. Uh, there was 21 cars, by the way, in that show alone. Sport trucks from Seekonk came by. Uh, I think this is the first time they've run there this year, uh, which is cool. I like that. I like that Waterford's given Seekonk guys a chance to come run. I do. It's just a, sh- it's you know, a little jog down ninety five for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's not really a little jog for most of them, but you know. Um, so Richard Murray picked up the win. There was nine trucks, but yeah, that was their first time there. So what are you gonna do? You know. 
Um, not bad. Not bad. Not, pfft, nine trucks, first time they ever came out. Whatever, dude. That's pretty good. Uh, SK Lights. Wayne Burroughs Jr. won the Bubby Brower Memorial 49. They had 14 cars. I believe it was that Bubby Brower race, right? Yeah. That was this week? Yeah. Okay. I always ask for confirmation so I don't sound dumb. <laughs> then I sound dumb for asking. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Pull back the curtain. Pull back. All right. So SK's Keith Rocco picked up that win. I believe he went three for three on the week. He won at Thompson Thursday, Stafford Friday, and Waterford on Saturday in two different cars. And I think that he said in victory lane that his wife had to convince him to go to Waterford. But they had 17 cars. That's up again. Yep, that's that's up from last week. Uh, Sportsman. Um, Sean Monahan won. And uh, I would comment on the potential controversy that people were talking about about the lineup about when he got spun out and lined back up in his spot but let's keep in mind i wasn't there and there was no video and he had two cars in that race eric lutz uh craig lutz's dad i think who was a absolute freaking badass at sea at uh, riverhead he was driving the other car um again i don't have an opinion on that uh, there was a lot of different reasons it could have happened, but again, I wasn't there, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, if I talked with Sean last night a little bit, and uh, it, from what he told me, um, another there was another bunch of cars that spun and wrecked at the same time that he spun out, and they were called the caution cars, and they said over the radio that he could take his spot back. I've seen that happen plenty of times. I mean, yeah, it happens. It's happened to me. Yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, you can't Uh-oh. hate the player. You got to hate the game, I guess. I, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've seen it happen to other people plenty of times. So I've I don't seen, have an opinion. I've seen a race where a uh, 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 guy wasn't even slowed down or anything uh, when he got into a quote unquote wreck and never even spun out and he got called the caution car. Oh, was that me where I got into? Oh yeah. I remember running up over somebody's quarter panel once Yeah. and, uh, landing, not spinning out, going straight, kept rolling and picked, and I lost like five spots, but I rejoined the field and I got put to the back for being involved in a caution. Oh, okay. So that was the leader that went out who took the lead after that. It was, uh, Sean did. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, anyway, they had 18 cars in that field. That's up from last week. Uh, Speedball trucks came back. They actually let them race this time. I guess they only had six trucks, but again, I went on a rant about that for uh, obvious reasons a couple episodes ago, so if you want to hear my rant on that, just go back two episodes. Tyler Chapman picked up that win. Yeah, listen to the damn show. Yeah. I, I do want to give a shout-out to Nathan Smith, who finished second in that race. I believe that is Larry Barnett's nephew. Oh, yeah? And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's 13 years old. Well, good for him. That, that's impressive, because he hasn't been racing full-size cars and trucks that very that long. I believe last year he was racing Bandoleros at Seacock. So that's, uh, that's, that's a, a big jump. <laughs> that's a big jump. That's so, a real big jump, because those trucks have some power. <laughs> 602 crate it's not that much uh some of them got the built motor still yeah but a 602 is still just as much than that's and the rules are more fair than a thompson limited sportsman i didn't say that out loud no <laughs> i 
Don't be jealous that I still get to race because I bought one. Both comrades, you've all taken over the country. Oh, Nothing boy. for me to do. I must expatriate to the United States. This is the guy that I offered an engine to to go race at New Hampshire. So, <laughs> late models. Let's stick with the same thing da, here. I come back. Late, late models. Tyler Chapman again. So he won both the races he entered that night. There was thirteen cars in the late models. Three. They're up a little bit. I think that's like one or two cars, but they're getting up a little bit. I only counted three of which were Seekonk regulars. Like, come on, Seekonk guys. They're actually giving you a place to go race, and you will get paid. They do pay a purse. And um, it's not like a couple years ago. Um, but, yeah, uh, get come on, Seekonk guys. They're giving you a place to race. Go run. I saw Charlie Rose was there and a couple other guys, so it's like maybe they can spread the word. Anyway. I got to give a shout out to another short track guy. Going to give a shout out to Richie Big Money, UPS Man Davidovich, on his crate mod win at Riverhead, his first since moving up from the Legends uh, last year, where he absolutely just crushed that division what, what for division a long was time. It? it was the crate mod. Oh, God damn it. Crate mods. Hey, they do it right at Riverhead. They make them run on an eight-inch tire instead of like the big tire, like an SK field here. All right, so shout out to Richie. I don't think he listens, but if you do in your UPS truck, cool. Hope UPS. Uh, hope Amazon hasn't been too bad lately. Anyway, uh, I gotta give another shout out here to Bobby Santos the third. Okay, he won a big yes. race. He won a big race over the weekend. He won the Little 500 at Anderson Speedway. It's possibly the biggest asphalt sprint car race in North America, or even one of the biggest short track races, period, in the country. Uh, was it a big race or a little race? It was the Little 500, but it's a big race. <laughs> little big race. Um, no, but, I mean, think about it this way. Indy 500 winners and big names have in sprint cars and They've all participated in or won this race. Like Johnny Rutherford's been in this race. Dave Steele, Brian Clawson. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, this is these are like it's a big race. It, people don't hear enough about it. But like I said, if you're in USAC in these sprint cars, like Tony Stewart and and those guys and stuff, but they this is cream of the crop for those Bob guys. Bob Fry, Greg Leffler. Yeah, Eric Gordon's won it a shit ton of times. Yeah. A lot of names from the sprint car world and stuff. But, like, again, this is a big, big race. And he will be at New Hampshire Motor Speedway for Full Throttle Weekend in the Whalen Modified Tour race. So he is going to be running that this weekend. So you can see him run that. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kenny Schrader was in that race, too. This, this past race? Kenny Schrader was in the Little 500. This year? Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. He, he was up. Yeah, he... Kenny he will run very, anything. He was very proud to finish on the lead lap. I think he was somewhere like 12th or 13th or something. Hey, Kenny cut his teeth that's running a, those cars. And that's, he lived through it somehow. That's their Oxford 250. Yeah, basically. You know. So, I think that's all for my uh, local guys' news. Why don't I head into just a quick rundown of some national stuff that everybody already knows about. Okay! Uh, we got... Brandon Jones won the Xfinity race at Darlington after a 20-lap barn burner between Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain. That ended, was very entertaining. It was super entertaining. Mm-hmm. Ended with Hamlin attempting a bottom shot on Chastain. I didn't say slide job. Um, slide job. Not bottom Bye shot. Job. No. Bye job. 
uh, <laughs> he got into Hamlin got into the wall. Chastain was gonna turn under him, but hit the right rear into the wall right as he did it, and it kind of straightened his car out, and he ran into the back of Hamlin. And Brandon Jones had enough forethought to shoot to the bottom and get by both of them. Heads up move, heads up win. Um, I think they're coming to the end of their regular season pretty soon, right? Like this yeah. week or next week? Yeah. I know oh. the trucks are coming. I think it's this up, this upcoming week. Are they going to Richmond? Yeah, they're at Richmond this week, I believe. All right, so they're mm. going to go there. Yep. So speaking of trucks, uh, Ben Rhodes won the Darlington truck race after a late caution forced the leaders to pit road for fuel from what I could kind of gather. I mean... Uh, Sheldon Creed had absolute control of this race, and a late caution came out. And I don't, I don't think they had the fuel for a green white checkered, is what I could gather from it, or um, overtime, or overtime, or anything like that. So, I think they all came to pit road. Uh, Roads stayed out, and I think that with everybody else's hand forced, he was able to run away and, and pick this one up. So he hadn't won since 2018. So clean good for air. him. Clean air, bro. He, he was in clean, clean air. The right. clean air guys. So before I go into cup news, I'm going to bring back the the left field rumor that is kind of out there, but it'll probably end up being true. And Phil can back me up on this one. Um, I actually should call this the worst kept secret in NASCAR. <laughs> it's not been announced yet or anything, but again, that's why I called it a rumor. And and I'll put Excuse this out. Me? Bacon powder? And I'll put that out there. Um my thing is, uh, Bubba Wallace, he's got a lot of uh, speculation about where he's going to end up next year. And I'm like, well, he's probably not leaving RPM. Instead, the team with new investors, rumored by Adam Stern and other media personnel to be Denny Hamlin and Michael, Michael Jordan. We'll see about that. Uh, the team will most likely switch over to Toyota with Alliance help from probably JGR, who's the only full-time Toyota-backed uh, factory-backed team in NASCAR. Uh, because, you know, remember when Toyota had a ton of cars? Well, in Cup, they only got like six now, and so they're all affiliated with JGR, and they're going to lose one in the uh, LFR card at the end of the year. So, again, that's my left-field rumor that's probably old, or probably the worst-kept secret in NASCAR. Phil, can you elaborate on that at all? You'd have some industry insiders. I I honestly don't know a whole lot about that. Um, my, my assumption is that it's, like you said, it's going to be... At least Denny Hamlin is part of it with a switch to Toyota. I've heard a lot of people say that Michael Jordan's not involved, but that like, doesn't mean his brand can't be involved. What about Scottie Pippen? He isn't directly. <laughs> Scottie Pippen should be involved. Is he involved? <laughs> he was involved in all of Jordan's championships. So, mm. again, that's the I left just... field. That's the left field rumor that'll probably end up being true. Uh, worst kept secret in NASCAR segment. So moving on My to the question at that point, though, because he has an open uh, or uh, contract offer from Ganassi, who ends up in the forty-two? Really? Okay. I thought he was supposed to be part team owner or something of the you forty-three. Could, you could always sell it. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm asking who's going to end up in the forty-two. Who's going to end up in the forty-two? Yeah, if, if uh, Bubba stays with the forty-three. <sighs> Carl Larson. Who's no? Who's the? Who's all the uh, free agents? I mean, we got a ton of free agents after this year. I think Brad's been picked up, so he's got one more year. Um, we got my, Brandon. Oh my no, would be Chastain. Eric Jones. Eric Jones is a good option, but I think he'll end up honestly going to the forty-eight. I don't think the forty-two. I, I don't think mm, Chastain's going to wait any longer. I think he's got to throw him in a car. 
Yeah, he's super I'm aggressive and Chip likes that. So, what's that? I said I think I think uh, Jones will either go to the 48 or the 88. I think the 88 is honestly more likely because Jones has sponsorship with him hmm. that he can bring to supplement the 88 sponsorship. The 48 has Ally. Yeah. And uh, Bowman doesn't really have any sponsorships. I think other than Valvoline that are his. You think Bowman's going to move to the 48 and the 88 is going to be open? I kind of think so. Yeah. We'll see. Again, the silly season hasn't really started to take off yet because we're not in the off season yet. But the whole season, I mean, the puzzle. Silly. Well, the puzzle stop. pieces are kind of just moving into place at this point, so we'll see what happens. It's all silly. Anyway, Kevin Harvick won the Southern 500 after contact between Martin Truex and Chase Elliott late put them both into the turn one wall, and a hard charge from Austin Dillon on the last lap made it kind of entertaining. I mean, he only got to within three tenths. But it was entertaining to watch Austin Dillon try to wheel that thing through turn three and four and not keep it, or and not hit the wall. So that was fun to watch. Uh, Austin Dillon surprised a lot, and I think this win really surprised Kevin Harvick quite a bit because I don't think he was really in contention to win it until those two made contact again with like twenty something to go. Right. So again, I if I'm looking at it, um, Truex was not clear, and Elliott did not have to give him a lane. Because they're racing for the lead. So, it's racing. If you don't go for that gap, then you probably shouldn't be driving. Mm-mm. I was a little he shocked almost made it. In, I was a little shocked in Truex's interview after the race that he sounded like he expected that Chase would just back off and give him the spot. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's a little... Uh, that's very... Uh, a little naive. Yeah, very naive. Well, usually Chase is a pussy, so... Nah, I don't say not that anymore. Not lately. <laughs> I think they're looking at a different kid now. So There you go. All right. I am out of notes for this week. Now I'm going to tell Stafford Speedway right away. Um, I I super, super appreciate the hospitality, but I probably won't be back for a few weeks. i got to get my trailer cleaned out. I don't want to go out. <laughs> I want my damn end closed back, so I'm going to take a little time and get that fixed. And i got to fix the ball joints in my pickup truck because they're clunking real bad. And... I got to do a few little, you know, updates here and there that they asked me to fix, and the tech guys asked me to to change a few things, and I got to pull the transmission out and make sure that the bearing's not falling out of it because it sounded kind of funny, and you know, I got a, a few things to do, and I'm just gonna putz around, but I did get the car shaked down and and got the cobwebs knocked out of it, and we made a notebook. So, again, if I don't come back immediately, don't be concerned that I didn't have a good time or nothing. Don't get self conscious. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's just like you're breaking up with them. No, it's no, no. It's not you, it's no. me. Okay? That's not what's happening. I'm just saying don't don't get don't you know, don't think I had a bad time I'm gonna bash you or nothing. I just um, I'm just taking some time to fix stuff. So, I mean Oh god, question. Jesse said it was really okay, Jesse's right. Question. <laughs> yeah. When do you, when do you guys think that staff will start putting compound on the top groove? I think they tried that before. Did they? They did in the past. A long time ago. Oh, okay. That's David Arute. He posted about it on Twitter uh, a few weeks back. So maybe it's time to break out the sprayers. I think it would make racing a little interesting as long as they don't go see, Stafford usually is pretty quick on the trends, you know? Well, I'd like to see like it. I'd like to, you know yeah. what? I think, it would, I think it would afford a little good racing if you, if you do it right. You know, if you do it right, it could, it could be interesting. Well, it's, better, it's better than, you know, putting them on the tires. So It's going to be a trial and error <laughs> thing, so. Yeah. I would like to see it. Yeah, let's let's break it out. Let's see what happens. Okay, so 
Uh, Any final thoughts from the panel? Because I already gave mine. So. I do. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and uh, so where is the cup race next week? I think Richmond, right? Okay. Richmond. So who's going to win that one, Harvick or Hamlin? Harvick. Ham- you fucking idiot. It's fucking Hamlin. Harvick. It's Harvick. In, it's in Virginia, you dorks. <laughs> it's Hamlin. He owns Virginia. Martinsville, Richmond. He didn't for a Hamlin. long time. That's the, that's the only two guys that we could ever talk, you know, that have uh, been of any note this season. That's that's. Harvick's why. won eight goddamn races. <laughs> you know, those guys. Quinn Hauf is going to win the race. Quinn Hauf. What, the race to the trailer? <laughs> the race to the point of party. All right. <laughs> The race to pit from the third lane. There you go. <laughs> I could beat that thing in a running race. Yeah. The um, yeah yeah those two guys. It's been unbelievable. So yeah, it's, it's like a coin flip. This week, Hamlin. Next week, Harvick. So I bet you Harvick gets to see, double digit uh, wins. It's kind of funny to see that kind of trend go. So anyway, uh, Phil, you guys got, got anything? Any last thoughts, Phil? Uh, I need more whiskey. Yeah, and I need a Why, bathroom. Why is it because you miss us, <laughs> Phil? From your house? I miss you. No, I miss you too. Yeah. Where's the song, man? Come on. <laughs> Unpainted kiss. Wow, you should see the tassels on that outfit. Holy jeez. I gotta stop the boys in the room. This is gonna game up. That's it. <laughs> don't don't worry, Jesse. You'll see me around the world series. There you go. Yay. Yay. So is that so does that mean that your decisions to go to the World Series of the Fall Final? Uh, they don't, uh, I don't think they're having the Fall Final. That's uh, the thing. Oh, okay. Team yeah. Brent's going to race either the Fall Final or the World Series. So, Roger Yell, say hi. If, if anybody wants to put a front clip on their car after the World Series, I'll bring my helmet up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. All right. So, you can find this podcast on any major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You need a helping hand with finding some links to some lit- listening platforms. Head on over to GleasonBrosRacing.com, which I need to update because I haven't updated, even though I just raced, which is not very good of me. What's the point of having a website if you don't use it, right? So you can find me on Instagram at BrentGleason01, and you can find me on Twitter at the same exact handle. Uh, Jesse doesn't want to be found on the internet, so Phil, where do you want to be found? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S Racing. All right. So until next time, thank you all for listening, and keep the dirty side down. Stay out of the fence. Thank you all. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. <laughs> it. Thank you, Phil.